This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you once again. I want to thank you for this uh, opportunity to preach your gospel. Thank you for the people in this church. I pray now, Lord Jesus, that you would watch over the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What a wonderful, is my glasses there? You have to wear glasses when you're over 21. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a wonderful opportunity to start a new year. I, I, I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, while those people are coming in, I must start until you're seated. You better run. I want to say to you that this is the day that the Lord has made. I, I want to say to you that today is the day to prepare your heart for the new year. I want to say to you today, you cannot afford to carry any baggage with you into the new year. So this word I'm going to bring this morning is from the Lord. It's a serious word. Okay, we're not into comedy. We're not when you're talking about life and death. And we need to be prepared for whatever comes our way this year. If you have your agricultural manual with you, could you turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 18? Matthew chapter 18. And I wasn't speaking in tongues, Alan. That was Zulu. These guys from uh, Cape, they don't understand the, the, the heavenly language. It probably does. <laughs> All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 18. I want to speak to you this morning about forgiveness. It's a touchy subject. I want to speak to you this morning about unforgiveness. And I'm trusting by the grace of God that when you leave here today, there will be no more unforgiveness in your heart. Okay? Because that unforgiveness is killing some of you. And it has been for many years. And some of the older people here today, that is why you're so tired. Because you are carrying a 50 kg bag of cement on your back everywhere you go. And today, the Lord says, you're going to lay it down at the foot of the cross. Amen. And so Peter came to Jesus and he said to, to the Lord, Master, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times? Well, let's see what the Lord says in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, how, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. In my language, that's 490 times. Forgiveness has got to become a lifestyle. I want you to remember that, not just in South Africa, all over the world. Forgiveness has got to become a lifestyle. You can stand up and say, Uncle Angus, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't, sir. But you don't know what I've been through either. 
I want to tell you, if I take my shirt off now, you'll see just between my shoulder blades many scars. And they've been put there by somebody who has stabbed me in the back. Now, the only people that I will trust are the people that will get close enough to stab me in the back. People out there can't hurt me. Social media, and we get plenty of it. They can't hurt me, but it's when it comes from close by. And Jesus knows that better than anybody. Not so. Why do we have to forgive? Simply because he forgave us. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap, please. Jesus Christ forgave Peter. And he knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. And yet he forgave him. That is amazing. Could you do that? Could you wash somebody's feet knowing full well, sir, they're going to go out and they're going to betray you? Don't say yes. That is what takes a strong Christian, okay, to be able to carry on without allowing that stain to hold you back. Today, we are going to ask God to give us the power to forgive, to forgive, unconditionally to forgive. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Luke 22, I'm reading from the New King James Bible, and verse 32. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will, sorry, I beg your pardon, 22, verse 32. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, see, see, Jesus already knew that he was going to betray, Peter was going to betray him. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Peter said, I'll never leave you, Lord. He said, I'll die for you. I've got my sword. And Peter ran. Not only did he run, he denied Christ three times. He, the Bible says he actually cursed God. And yet the Lord still chose him to head up the church. Wow. Sir, that's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. You've got to do it. It's not optional. This morning in this place, we're going to ask God to give us a heart of unforgiveness so we can walk in liberty and freedom. That's forgiveness. What about you today? You see, the price of unforgiving is too expensive. It's too expensive. It's costing you too much. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. Unforgiveness is a sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What gift is that? Forgiveness. I forgive you for what you've done to me. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, we're going to do that this morning, right here in this place. God says, I am faithful and just righteous, to forgive you of all of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's very expensive. And some of you are sitting here this morning and you say, Uncle Angus, I know exactly what you're saying. Because you see, what it's cost you is it's cost you your marriage. That's right. Some of you, it's cost you your career. See? Some of you, it's costing you your health. 
unforgiveness. You say, Uncle Angus, I can't forgive her. You have to, sir. We don't condone the sin. We condemn the sin, but not the sinner. See, people who live in glass houses like me, we don't throw stones. You see? You see, when you become self-righteous, do you remember the day you gave your life to Christ? You were broken. You couldn't believe that God could forgive you. Eh? And you were forgiving everybody. Now, all of a sudden, you've been in the church for a while. And you're becoming a bit self-righteous. Oh, well, you know, we don't do that type of thing. Not in this place. But what did you used to do, sir? You were a thief. You were immoral. And now you're judging people. Be careful. We're going to forgive today. The future, even your salvation, is at stake today. You said, hey, come on, Uncle Angus, don't become legalistic. I get accused of being that all the time. I want to tell you something now. Unless you forgive today, the Lord says you'll never see the kingdom of God. I looked up the Oxford Dictionary to find out the meaning of the word unforgiveness. This is what it says. Not willing to forgive or excuse faults. I will never forgive you for what you've done. And your prodigal son has gone to the other side of the world. And he feels rejected. Because you said, I'll never forgive you for what you did to our family name. I will never forgive you for what you did. You're condemning him. Instead of saying, I love you, I forgive you, I hate the sin, come home anytime you like. But come home on my conditions. You see, unforgiveness makes you bitter. Bitter. I can hear it, man. I can see it. I can see people that are bitter. There was an air stairs on the, on the plane just now, Francois. I said to Francois, I said to her, Madam, she was serving me. I said, you love Jesus. And she said, yeah, boy, Baba. And Francois said to me after his uncle, Angus, how can you say that uh, she was a Christian? I said, I saw it in her eyes. Eyes of love. Eyes of acceptance. Eyes of forgiveness. You see, you see, sir, you can fool most of the people most of the time. But you can't fool all the people all the time. And you can preach like a, like, a, like a budgie, like a parrot. But if there's unforgiveness in your heart, you'll never have victory. You see, I fear God more than I fear man. See? So I may not have unforgiveness because if I do, the Lord says, I'm departing from you. And any preacher will tell you it is a nightmare. To get up here and you know the Holy Spirit has departed. It is for me anyway. Because I've got no natural ability, no natural gift. It's all about Jesus. See, so if Jesus says, forgive, I forgive quickly. Because I don't want him to leave me. And he says, Angus, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. If you walk in forgiveness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It makes us bitter, full of criticism. Have you heard that? Ah, oh, what the future of this country. Ah, this country's gone to the dogs. There's no hope for this country. Sir, I haven't heard Jesus tell me that. <laughs> Jesus hasn't told me that. No, 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 no. I am so excited to get back to South Africa. You know, when I'm in South Africa, it doesn't matter where I go. 
go to the petrol station to fill up. I said, do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. I go to the supermarket. Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. I get on the airplane. Do you love Jesus? Of course I do. You go overseas to the so-called first world. Do you love Jesus? Who? Yeah, that's not funny, huh? And then you get some intellectual. Do you love Jesus? <laughs> no, I don't believe in that stuff, man. You can tell me you believe in Noah's Ark? Jonah and the whale? What do you think I am? I love this country. And I love this nation. And I love this continent. And I'm going to make another statement, and I've made it many times before. The last continent standing for Jesus will be Africa. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Can I have a translation? There is no one like Jesus. There is no one like Jesus. I love him so much. That's why today you and me are going to pray. And I'm not just speaking to people coming for the first time. I'm talking to the pastors. Yes, I am indeed. I'm talking to Christian leaders. I'm talking to politicians here this morning. You want to move on in 2019. You want to get into shape. You need to forgive. Okay, now listen carefully because I haven't got much time. I've been told to look sharp today. Well, I have to forgive, eh? <laughs> I was in a little church in Greytown when I was newly saved about 100 years ago. And I made an altar call, and it was a big congregation. Man, I was so nervous, sir. Uh, my knees were knocking, you know. There was at least 35 people there. <laughs> I was in a state of shock. <laughs> and then I made an altar call for healing. As you know, it's the tools of the evangelist. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And to God be all the glory. I said, I want you to come forward and I want to pray for you if you are sick in your body. I'm going to pray for you this morning, by the way. If you are sick in your body, I'm going to pray for you. You can't come to the front. I've been told we don't have enough time because the next crowd wants to come in. But I can pray for you in your seat. And God is no respecter of places. He'll heal you right there, sir. If today you will forgive and you will trust him. And I'm going to pray the prayer of faith and I'm looking forward to hearing the good news. So this old lady came to the front and she knelt at the, at the altar. And I came up to her and I said, Auntie, what would you like me to pray for? Oh, she said, Angus, I'm suffering with migraine headaches. I said, I looked at her. I said, have you got unforgiveness in your heart? She got angry with me. She said, what do you mean? She said, I came here for healing, not for a, a sermon. I said, Auntie. I'm asking you a question because the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. And with that, the old lady just broke down. She started weeping. And she told me she's got unforgiveness to somebody, some family member years ago. And she's never forgiven them. I said, will you forgive them today? She said, yes, I will. I said, will you name that person? She said, yes, I will. I said, you name that person in the quietness of your heart. I laid my hands upon her, anointed her with oil. I prayed the prayer of faith. She forgave that person and she left. I saw her two weeks later. I said, Auntie. Look at her. She was shiny. She put makeup on. She had a nice smart dress. 
And she said, Angus, no more migraine headaches. Why? Because she forgave. I want to tell you a sad story. And I hope this doesn't happen to one of you in this place. There was a guy who used to work on the farm. He didn't, couldn't get a job anywhere. He had a bit of a drinking problem. And I took him in because I loved him. His wife stayed in town and gave him a bit of self-respect, you know. He'd come out in his old Land Rover in the morning, help build the church, our first church, the chapel. It was built by me and my dad. 1980. Some of you weren't even born then, and that's the truth. And he used to come out. I'm going to call his name Jimmy. It wasn't Jimmy. And Jimmy used to come out, and he'd make a, he'd get his uh, little um, gas burner out the back of his Land Rover, put the kettle on, start making tea. That's all he did. Just made tea all day. But anyway, he was helping me build a church. And he had a bit of self-respect, you see, because he used to drive down the main street in Great Town saying, I'm working with Angus. See? But every now and again, he slipped up, didn't he, sir? See, and his wife, I'll call her name Jenny. It wasn't Jenny. And Jenny loved the Lord. And one night, Jenny went to bed, and Jimmy hadn't come home. She waited, 12 o'clock. No, Jimmy. One o'clock, no, Jimmy. So she went, in, she went to sleep. She collapsed. And about half past one, two o'clock, old Jimmy staggered in, drunk, fell on, his, on the bed next to his wife. And she turned around and she said to him, I wish you would die. And she went to sleep. She woke up in the early morning. She's a wonderful old lady. And she turned over to tap Jimmy on the chest and say, listen, Jimmy, I didn't really mean it. And Jimmy was dead. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Now, you say, Uncle Angus, if I tell that person I forgive them, they won't even, they won't even accept it. It doesn't matter. See, it's not about them, actually. It's actually about you. See, some of them are just carrying on with their lives. They're not even aware of what you've been going through. Just write them a letter, send them a fax, uh, a WhatsApp, and just say, listen, I want to tell you I was at church today, and Jesus convicted me. I want to tell you that I love you, and I forgive you. That's all. And I'm telling you, that bag of cement will fall off your shoulders, and you'll walk out there free. Because if the Lord makes you free, we sang it just now, you shall be free indeed. Where do you stand today? Where do you stand today? Do you know what apoplexy is? Apoplexy. Apoplexy, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is an inability to act or speak caused by extreme anger. When you're so angry, see, with someone, that's called apoplexy. Now, there was a famous American evangelist. His name was Charles Finney. He was actually a lawyer by profession. And he was a holiness preacher, hopefully like I am. He called sin by its name because he loved people. But there was one man hated him, maybe because he touched him in a soft spot. And he was so angry with Charles Finney. He said, don't ever let that man lay his hands on me. Don't let him ever pray for me. And he said that on his deathbed. And after that, he died. Apoplexy, unforgiveness, hatred. Today, you're going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgiveness is unlimited. 490 times. You see, Unforgiveness makes a platform for sickness and disease. Not in every case, 
But often, cancer, yeah? Heart problems, blood pressure, unforgiveness. That person is eating you up like rust. Tommy owns a, a paddle beating business. He'll tell you, you can't put body filler over rust because the rust keeps going. You've got to cut out the rust and put another plate in there, weld it up, and then paint it. You can't cover over. Isn't that right, uh, Simon Peter? You've got to cut it out, sir. And every now and again, the Lord reveals something to you. Not everybody loves me either. I can tell you that right now. I know that for a fact. I've never had so much abuse against me when we had the Cape Town, it's time, prayer for rain. Never in my life. Not against the ministry, against me. Don't clap, lady. <laughs> Pray for me. Never in my life. But you know something? God said to me, shut up, Angus. I'm your vindicator. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Come on now, let's give the Lord a clap. I'm your vindicator. Oh, I love the people of Cape Town. In fact, I'm going back there. I'm going to Mitchell's Plain in a week's time. We're going to put up a big sign so that everybody in Cape Town can see it. Mitchell's Plain, the flower of Cape Town. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Yes, Lord. You see, unforgiveness is painful when it happens at home. The American Civil War was one of the most hellish wars ever. You know why? Brother fighting brother. Father fighting son. Son fighting father. Civil war. The hardest place to be a Christian, and I've said this many times, sir, is in your own home. Hardest place. I remember when a little boy, when I fell in love with Jesus. My dad, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't support me. Although I had the privilege of leading him to Christ before he died. He would say to me, where are you going now? I said, Dad, I'm going to church. Again? You laugh. I'm not laughing. Yeah, I was the only one in my family. But my whole family saved today because Jesus promised me that they would be saved. My mom, my dad, my brother. My, my brother's a preacher. He used to be a golf pro. He's a preacher. He's preaching in London. My nephew, the brother of Alistair, the little boy that died. He's a preacher. He's in Boston, USA. My sister loves Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. You know, you know, you can see by the look of me, because all Scotsmen are good looking. You can see I'm a Scot. And you can also see I'm very humble. <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm a joking, man. Yes, what's wrong with you? Forgive me. One of my favorite films is Braveheart. How many of you have seen Braveheart? Put your hands up. Everybody, all right? Put your hands down. Those of you that haven't, you can leave now. <laughs> so Braveheart is the part in that movie which made me cry. I can't remember exactly. It was years ago. Braveheart was chasing some knights, and they had that armor on, remember? And... Uh, one of them got knocked off his horse, and Braveheart turned around, William Wallace, with that seven-foot sword, and he came back, and he got off his horse. And I don't know if he was going to kill the man, but just before, as he came up to him, do you remember? This man took his helmet off, and as he took it off, William Wallace saw it was Robert the Bruce, the future king of Scotland. 
who was fighting for the English. And he looked at him. I'll never forget it. It made me cry. And that big, strong Scotsman just fell on his, on his, on his knees and dropped his sword. Powerless. There's nothing worse than when somebody betrays you, folks. And I know there's many of you here today, Uncle Angus, that's exactly what's happened to me. I never thought she would do it. I never thought my business partner would steal that money. You know, I was in Peter Marisburg many years ago preaching in a church there. And again, I made the altar call for healing. And an old couple came to the front. I'll never forget them. Because I'm a farmer. Ek is a boer. Omelimi. Nuzan. And this old man came up. He must have been about 80. And he had his dear old wife in his arm. And he had a, he had a tweed jacket on. And, and the two of them were walking up slowly. And he had a walking stick. And his face was sunburnt. And his old wife had those round glasses. And a fancy little hat full of flowers. And she had a jacket on, and the two of them were walking up to the front. They must have been in their 80s. I looked at them, and I said, what's the problem? They burst out crying. I said, Angus, our son, our flesh and blood, he's working on the farm with us. And we found out he's stealing our money. I didn't know what to say. I said, you have to forgive him and pray for him. And they said, please help us. And they were able to forgive that son. And we trusted that God was going to convict that boy of what he was doing. Unforgiveness will kill you if you don't confess it. I want to close. I want to go to Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Listen to this. And then Jesus said, hanging on the cross, bleeding to death, running out of air, as he kept lifting himself up so that he could breathe. And he looked down at you, John, and you, Susan, and you, Patricia, and you, Longile, and you, Sipo. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You see, that person that has done that thing against you, some of them are not even aware of it. The way they've treated you because you're, you've got a, a different culture. You speak a different language. Maybe you look different. Maybe you're young. They don't trust you. Maybe you're old and they push you aside. They put you in an old age home. Maybe you're black. Maybe you're white. And they treat you with the same regard as all the rest. Jesus says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And then the last scripture, Acts chapter 7. I love the word of God. The older I'm getting, the more I'm loving the word. Verse 60. A servant. A man who served the tables. His name was Stephen, a man of God, the first martyr in the New Testament. They took him outside. I've been to that place. I've been to that very rock just on the, that lion's gate just at the bottom. I've been there. And I wept because he got down on his knees and he looked up and he saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
And he said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them today. As they were throwing rocks at him and they killed him. And he said before he died, forgive him. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And then he was stoned. What about you today? Where are you today, my dear friend? Have you been hurt? Maybe you've been chucked out of the church. Maybe there's a pastor that's actually come in. You've nurtured him. And now he's taken over. And you can't believe it. Maybe you've lost your job because somebody else didn't like you and he's put somebody else in your place. God says today, forgive them. Forgive them. Leave those chains in this church and walk out here today free and never speak about it again. And I'm telling you, God will give you a new life. I'm talking from experience. So I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward because it's not possible. We don't have the time. But I am going to ask you to stand up. Now, this is why I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up today publicly so that people can see you. And it's going to be very hard for the leaders to stand up. See? And very hard for the pastors to stand up and say, Lord, today I choose to forgive Maybe your father abused you when you were young. Maybe your mother has always said to you, you'll never amount to anything. My headmaster at my school told my mother, take him out of school, he'll never amount to anything. I've forgiven that headmaster, don't laugh, I've forgiven him. I want to meet him one day in heaven. I say, how many books did you write? I've only written 60 and I am bragging. Thank you. But I love him. I love Mr. Livingston. I'm looking forward to seeing him. My mother's mother's name was Livingston. Maybe we're related. Now people are standing up on their own and that is amazing. But now I want to make the call. Can you please stand to your feet if you know that you've got unforgiveness in your heart and today you want to deal with it once and for all. Please stand up so we can pray together. Please stand up. Don't worry about the person sitting next to you. It really doesn't matter, sir. It's between you and God. This young man, I'm pointing at you, sir, with a white shirt on there, the striped shirt. I want to tell you, today is the best day of the rest of your life. You'll see. Tomorrow you're going to have energy like you've never had before. You're going to tell your wife, I don't know what's happened, man. I'm free. See? Because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the one who says, you can't forgive him. Look what he did to you. You don't even go there. You forgive them today and you walk away from it. And you don't go back. You know one thing about Jesus, son? I'm talking to this young boy here. You know what about Jesus? Jesus has got a bad memory. Did you know that? Yeah, when he forgives, he forgets. And tomorrow morning when you say, Lord, remember that thing? He says, I, Angaz. Not Angus, Angaz. <laughs> I'm just going to wait a bit. There's one or two people still need to get off their feet. Don't, don't miss this opportunity. Because this opportunity is going to set you free. You're going to say 2,000 
And 19, the 13th of January, I laid it down once and for all. You see? And no one can touch you after that. Okay, are we ready? We're going to pray. And then you're going to remain standing. Then I'm going to pray for healing. Yes, sir. Some of you are in a state of depression and anxiety and fear. You know why? Because you will not forgive. You see, for me, I've got a very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very simple man, sir. And like Paul the Apostle, I can say, for me to live is Christ. And to die is but gain. See, as you pray this prayer with me now, right? If you die today, you're going to heaven. Not because you're a good girl, but because you're a believer. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, two minutes before he died, he was a thief. He deserved to die. He said, Lord, remember me in paradise. He said, today, and that's why I love him. Today you will be with me in heaven. So if I live, I live for Christ. If I die, I go to heaven. So how can you frighten a Christian with heaven? How yeah, many people have said to me, you're going to get taken out, my boy, right off that platform. I said, I just pray one thing, that they shoot straight, that's all. Because I don't want to suffer. Now that's a weak joke. You like that, do you? I hope you haven't got a gun. Okay, we're going to pray now. Forgiveness. 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 Guys, can you just hold it there, please? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're going to pray. This is a very serious prayer. And by the way, this is the first time God's ever given me this message. You know that, Greg? It's the first time I've ever had this message. And it's burning in my heart. It's burning in my heart because I see so much anger in this country. So much anger. I see road rage. People don't even seem to be able to drive straight. It's, it's not even funny. It's, it's people are angry. People are in a state of unforgiveness. Will you pray this prayer after me, please? I don't want you to close your eyes. I would like you to keep your eyes open. I'd like you to pray this prayer after me. First and foremost, we're going to pray the sinner's prayer. Is that okay? We're going to confirm our faith, and then we're going to ask God to give us the strength to forgive. And when we pray that prayer, I want you to name that person. Name those people. Name that business. Name that situation. Name that hospital. Name, name that school. Name it in your heart. Name it. Not out loud. And then deal with it today, and it's done. Okay, are you ready? Please pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I repent of all my sins. I thank you for dying for me. Speak up, folks. I thank you for dying for me, a sinner. And Lord Jesus, today I confess you and you alone as my Lord and Savior. I will serve no other gods but you. And because you have risen from the dead, I will live forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, I've been dealing with this thing all my life. I'm praying for you. You're going to name that person, that situation. And, Lord, this thing has been killing me and has been weighing down 
on my shoulders. Today, I want to put it at the foot of the cross. Lord, you died so that I could be free. You said, if I confess my sins, you will forgive me and cleanse me. I'm asking you today to give me the strength to, give that, to forgive that person, those people, and that situation in Jesus' name. In the quietness of your heart, name that situation. Name that person. Name those people in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Just name them now. As the Holy Spirit will reveal them to you, confess them now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for cleansing. I thank you for freedom. I can feel like a wind of refreshing coming through this place. A cleansing wind in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap, please? Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now, we're going to pray for healing. If you don't need healing, please sit down. If you are needing healing in your body, in your spirit, in your soul, remain standing. Remain standing. Remain standing. There are farmers in the northwest of this country who are still waiting for rain. And the rainy season is nearly finished. They need prayer. They need courage and they need strength. There are people here today that don't know what's going to happen tomorrow to their business, whether they're going to be declared insolvent. You need to be standing. Because God's going to give you a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Amen. So, Father, you see all these people standing here. There are some that are sick. Some of them are standing for loved ones. They've been given, basically, the death penalty. The doctor said, there's no more we can do for you. And that's where Jesus steps in. Lord Jesus, you are the healer. You are the miracle worker. I've seen it with my eyes. I've seen it not once. I've seen it for years. And I ask you again today to heal and to touch every person in this building that is standing. In Jesus' name, be healed and be set free. Amen. God bless you. Now remember, if I don't see you here, I'll see you there. Because good people don't go to heaven. Believers, go to heaven. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 